Golden Advice Kenpo Gendon from Hongyuan, in spite of his old age and frail health, has made a special trip covering hundreds of miles to Chengdu in order to request an audience with His Holiness Jigme Funtsuk Rinpoche. When I heard this, I hurriedly went to visit him at the Agricultural Machinery Guest House. Room 407, where he's staying, is a shabby and humble double room, sparsely furnished with only two antiquated wooden beds and a wobbly wooden table that seems about to fall apart. Yet Kenpo's beaming face broadcasts his ease as if he were in the realm of God. Although he is over 70 years old and has difficulty walking, he is still hale and hearty, his glowing ruddy cheeks exuding energy. It was at the Larungar Buddhist Academy that I received teachings from him on 13 major commentaries, such as Buddha Nature, the Mahayana Uttaratantra Shastra, and the Adornment of the Middle Way, Madhyama Kalankara, etc. How much I owe him for his kindness and tutelage. I will never forget the image of his diminutive figure holding the long, narrow texts. When Kenpo was young, his thirst for Dharma drove him to many places to receive teachings from great masters, and he has become well-versed in the scriptures and commentaries in Sutra and Tantra. But he never thought he had learned enough and always continued to study. At the academy, he lived not far from my wooden cottage. When I happened to wake up in the wee hours of two or three in the morning, there was already a dim light coming from his residence. At times, I would sneak up to take a look, and I could see him diligently concentrating on reading and studying. I remember one year when our beloved, His Holiness Jigme Funtsak Rinpoche, came back from Shinong. The academy was filled with excited well-wishers and bustling activities. Still, all the hustle and bustle did not distract him from immersing himself deeply in the ocean of scriptures, which made him even more remarkable and distinguished. His behavior made a strong impression on me. For a long time, I took him as a role model and would not give in to laziness. We have a heart-to-heart -heart talk for quite a while. He looks at me with such tender and loving eyes that I feel a surge of warmth swelling up in me. He says he is now faking sick and shutting his eyes to all outside affairs. Leading a quiet life at his place, he devotes himself wholly to mantra recitation. His attendant tells me that since finishing a teaching on Nyingma tradition at the Beijing Buddhist College last year, up until a few days ago, his master has been in a completely silent retreat, with this sign posted on the door. I am seriously ill. No visitors, please. They are going back to the mountain hermitage tomorrow and will start the retreat again the day after arriving. I don't know what he is practicing, 
but my guess is the ultimate great perfection. How marvelous and desirable is his current situation. For me now, I still cannot but subject myself to external factors. Deep in my heart I yearn to go to the places of solitude, even when I'm living in the city. I yearn for total silence, though I have to talk a lot of nonsense. I yearn for unwavering awareness, though my mind always rushes here and there. I wonder, in my later years, if all these wishes can be realized, that I could settle down and practice just like him. We really should emulate him, to study a great deal when we have the energy, and to practice thoroughly when the Dharma has truly pervaded our hearts. If we keep following the discursive thoughts of the superficial virtuous acts, when can we rest in the nature of the mind? April 4th, Tibetan Year of Renmu, May 16th, 2002